Blog Talk Radio. Henry Fonda and 
Well, I'm not saying that Tom Selleck is an idol, but sure was a stud, wasn't he? Still is. Um, like those two, I'm really not all that fond of the sound of my voice. But uh, we're just going to have to muddle through, right, and get through this process. Because we're having some fun, and we're going to have some fun tonight for one full hour. Listen, I was going to kick this show off about, as you can see, who is John Galt, about Ayn Rand's novel, Atlas Shrugged, and talk about the free market system and and contrasted with socialism and, you know, the whole thing. I've done it, I've done it a few times before, so you've heard it. But, um, you know, not this year, so I thought I'd, I'd throw it back in the mix so you don't forget. Uh, and be reminded of how the free market system has helped us become the largest and greatest economy and, and the greatest world power the world has ever known. So, but oddly enough, we can still talk about that because Barack Hussein Obama has reemerged to take credit <laughs> now, of course of course right for president trump's economy and i counted this he used the word me and i 74 times in a 30 minute 30 to 45 minute speech wow that's a lot of me's and i's but he did that when he was president so we're going to kick it off right now with Obama taking credit for this economy. Check it out. You know, I want to thank all of you great patriots, conservatives, Levinites out there. In the next few days, we will be hitting our 500th episode of Levin TV over two and a half years. That's quite a deal. We've We've done things that people didn't expect us to do. And when we... All right, former President Obama back on the campaign trail, taking aim at President Trump and even taking credit for the economic boom. When you hear how great the economy is doing right now, let's just remember uh, when this recovery started, suddenly Republicans are saying it's America. I have to... Kind of remind them, actually, those job numbers are the same as they were in 2015, in 2016. A lot of people pounced on that comment. So is former President Obama really responsible for the Trump economy? Here to break it down is former chief economist for the U.S. International Trade Commission, Professor Peter Marici. Thank you, sir, for coming back on this morning. What numbers is President Obama talking about when he says they're the same now as they were back in 2015. Well, the jobs growth has been about the same during the Trump first two years as during the Obama final two years. That's a fair statement, but that's cherry picking. Yeah. Growth during the Trump years has been much more robust. We've been averaging growth that's, this year we should get up near 3%. That would put us about 50% above Mr. Obama's performance over his you know, term of office. Productivity growth has been particularly strong, and as a consequence, we're starting to see wages go up. That's really good news. 
What's more, and now this is important because this is something that Mr. Obama worries endlessly about, mm. that is inequality. Inequality got worse during the Obama years. They seem to think that that's a Republican trap. It's not. During the Obama years, inequality got worse. Now we're seeing low-wage workers getting lots of weight, uh, pay increases bigger than average, you're, and we're seeing them get a lot of training opportunities. You're, you're talking income inequality. The, the exactly. In, yeah. Okay. Income inequality is narrowing now that the Republicans are creating an opportunity economy. And yeah. that's a real plus. Now, you know, Mr. Obama can't lay claim to those accomplishments. He regulated the economy. Mr. Trump deregulated. Uh, he reformed corporate taxes, and that's encouraging all this investment and productivity. Yeah. And he also kept interest rates, you know, artificially low. That was a big complaint as well, is that we had such low interest rates for such a long time uh, that it kept uh, the economy more healthy than it probably should have been. There was a very cynical aspect of the Obama recovery. And the government borrowed a lot at low interest rates, but also he encouraged young people to borrow a lot for useless college programs. Hmm. I mean, a lot of young people, because they couldn't find jobs, went back to graduate school at second-tier universities and took useless programs, and now they're burdened with debt for the rest of their lives. Yeah. He used that to stimulate the economy. I mean, this was the, the worst Fagan act of, of, of any president in the last, in the last yeah. two generations. Let's look at it. just a couple more things. Unemployment, uh, I went back to 2015, 2016. You saw labor numbers 5 to 6% in 2015 unemployment, so he obviously wasn't talking about that in the comment we heard from him just there. Right now we're at about 3.9%. Uh, more jobs than workers is a common thing you're hearing a lot right now. GDP numbers were around 4% quarterly, over 3% annually, and that's a much higher number than Obama was ever able to boast in the eight years he had to get over that uh, recession. Well, normally when we come out of a big recession, we get very robust growth. Yeah. But what Mr. Obama did was double down on entitlements. He encouraged people not to work. If there is a legacy of Mr. Obama, it's, all, it's the new leisure class of able-bodied men, millions of them, who are on some kind of uh, government handout or right. living off their girlfriends who don't look for a job. Uh, and that's thanks to Mr. Obama's handouts. Mr. Uh, Trump is creating an opportunity economy, the kind of thing that George Bush talked about he's delivering on. This is a revolutionary presidency in that regard. Yeah. Well, if you really want, if you want a job and you need a job, it's a good time to find one. Wages should also come up as they people are. have more options for jobs. Employers are going to have to pay more to get good people. Peter, thank you so much for coming on this morning. We appreciate your time. All right. So like a fading once glorious, glamorous actress. I'm not going to say actor, and I'm sure you know why. Like a fading actress, think of Joan Crawford. Fading actress, once glorious, once beautiful, once had the world at her feet. Now, I mean... Well, in the early 60s, scrounging for bit parts and jobs and, and, and looking for work anywhere she could find it in disgusting, gross, not even B-movie, horror movies and, 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 and that sort of thing. It was, it, was, it was a travesty. It was embarrassing. It was degrading to watch that once great actress struggle. Because she was old. Nobody gave a damn. New actress has emerged. 
and eclipsed her once glorious star power. Well, we have a fading star of our own, folks. A former president who has come back like a roach out of the woodwork when you turn the light on. Or a rat. A big fucking rat. With a tiny pecker. Kind of scurrying about. Trying to get that that last piece of cheese. That last crumb. That last morsel. Barack Hussein Obama returns. But this time... He's returned to claim credit for a booming economy. The man has no shame. None, mind you. And worse, when he gave this disgraceful, embarrassing speech in a hall, the Anaheim Convention Center, Center, that can hold up to 7,500. He gave this speech to only 750. Only 750 people turned out at the, Anah- at the Anaheim Convention Center to partake of the Barack experience. Meanwhile, Donald John Trump, who most likely will be in Missouri, in a couple of days, will draw whatever hall he is in will hold. And that same amount will be outside trying to get in. Think of it. Former President Barack Hussein Obama gave a speech. To 750 people, I can draw that myself. And those would be just members of my family and friends. I can draw that number myself. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. But the President of the United States, the President, the man who made history as the first black president, 750 measly people to claim credit for one for a booming economy which he had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with and worse still that old liberal mantra of inclusiveness that old liberal mantra of diversity He talked about diversity, he talked about inclusiveness, he talked about tolerance. These are the three staples of liberalism. Inclusiveness, tolerance, diversity. And how we all need to come together and be as one. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya, (laughs) I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony, all that shit. And 
in the same breath, in the very the very same breath, talked about how Republicans ain't no damn good, how Republicans are doing this and how Republicans are doing that, and how Republicans are dividing people. And but you're giving a speech number one to claim credit for something that you didn't earn. Kind of like that Nobel Peace Prize. And number two, to bash Republicans while saying that we should all come together and blaming Republicans for the divisiveness. But you're talking about coming together and being inclusive and tolerant, but you're on stage in front of a measly 750 people and you're being intolerant. You're not being inclusive. You're not about diversity, but you talk about it. And this is the thing that bothers me, if anything at all, about liberals, because they're frankly very amusing to me. But they talk about diversity and inclusiveness, and they talk about all these great ideals, but they seldom ever practice these things when dealing with people who they tend to disagree with politically, socially, or otherwise. It's amazing to me. So about 750 people attended the event at Anaheim Convention Center where Obama delivered a short speech, short indeed, centered on unity and the politics of hope. And after a story about getting kicked out of Disneyland when he was caught smoking in the Magic Kingdom after a concert as a teenager, of course. And and the clown still smokes. Clown, Disneyland, anybody? Okay. Obama issued an impassioned critique of Trump and the state of American democracy and encouraged he encouraged the crowd to back the candidates that he came to support now consider this during the Obama administration the last four years the Democrats lost over 150 seats in the House, in the Senate, in state legislatures, in governorships, and so on, as a result of Obama and his insane, asinine policies. 150 seats across the nation. But he came to support candidates. He also supported Hillary, but mm, that didn't work out so well, did it? The Anaheim, but the Anaheim Convention Center, dig this, can host events seating 7,500 people. So it was not a lack of tickets keeping Obama's fans away. Maybe, and, and just maybe, it was the halting uncertain style of Obama's speeches these days that kept the crowds away. Maybe. 
Huh. The contrast in crowd size, not to mention enthusiasm. With Trump's rallies last week in Billings, Montana, couldn't, couldn't be greater. Trump drew a capacity crowd of 12,000 to uh, the Rimrock Auto Arena, with another 10,000 gathered outside. Now, this is a city with a metropolitan population of 169,728, according to the 2016 Census Bureau estimate. By contrast, Anaheim's site, or sits, in the midst of the Los Angeles-Long Beach combined statistical arena, with a population of 18.7 million, more than 100 times as large as Billings. So think about that for a minute. 7,500 people, room, 750. And this number doesn't come from any political operatives on either side. No, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It doesn't come from uh, Republican political operatives. This comes from Democrats. <laughs> this comes from the arena itself. So the numbers are not skewed. Like a fading, fading actor or boxer who stayed just a little too long. No styrofoam columns anymore. Just a gray-haired, skinny old, big-eared man. What a sad, sad affair. That's why I played Coldplay's Viva La Vida. He used to rule the world. Seas would rise when he gave the word. Now in the morning, he can't even draw 7,500 people in a city that boasts 18.7 million. Y'all heard me? All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come right back, and we'll get into some more goodies, because wow, wow, we'll be right back. So it was a phrase that kicked off a political firestorm. One remark. Four little words. You didn't build that. Somebody else did. Someone else made that happen. Did you build your business? If you did, raise your hand. Take that, Mr. President. And I realize there's more to the quote than that. The uh, remarks are out of context. He simply said the roads and the bridges you didn't build. I don't think it could be read that way. So we wanted to take time to go back and play the entire segment right now. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Oh, 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 oh. You didn't build that. What do we got here? It's an aircraft. You didn't build that. Mitt Romney strikes me so hard, it makes me feel like Shirley Sharon. It's out of context. Those words aren't mine. Private sector is doing fine. Feels good when the economy's weak. Responding with a national security leak. Osama bin Laden, I killed. And that was a mission you didn't build. You didn't build that. You didn't 
build that. If you've given $3 before, I'm asking again for a few dollars more. Clint Eastwood and the empty chair would be better than this. Republican chair. Shut up. It's my turn. Let's wrap together. Go ahead. You've got a lot to learn. Mr. Ryan. And it's about to retail and maybe it's just a brighter shade of pale. Mr. Romney. And his friends on Wall Street. What I'm saying is the super packing. And here is a woman met killed. But that was an attack ad. You didn't build Bill Vett. Bill Vett. I want everybody to give a huge round of applause to one of the best, Jennifer Granholm. Stop. Obama time. The race is still in play. I gotta be careful about what I say. And so, from the Australian nation, I will be introducing these trials. Translation. The Republican Party and the debt ceiling. Fights rising. Old days. Eccentric. Lunar right. There are those who don't believe my certificate. There are nut jobs on the internet. To your guts. Keep on clinging to myself. I'll be singing. I'm so in love with you. What we need now is the Colbert bomb. But just for a minute, let's all do the Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah. Not bad, huh? You didn't build that. I'm curious about your reaction when the president said, You didn't build that. That goes against everything I feel and love about this country. You didn't build that. Hogan, this is the real American cooking. Do you smell what Barack has cooked this morning in America? Not quite. It's pre-done, but we will soon see the lights. Financial straits remain dire. You've got to remember, I did not start a fire. It was a notorious GOP. And if you choose to vote for me, I will not just call you. Maybe. I am ready to go all the way, baby. That promise will be fulfilled. So join this chorus. You didn't build Bill that. Tell your friends and neighbors and co-workers about this. Then Bill that. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Then Bill that. We've got a hashtag that I want everybody to use. Then Bill that. You can even try Google Plus. Anything is possible. Then Bill that. It's been very amusing to me to watch media outlets rush to provide the context. But they're taking it out of context. It doesn't matter that they have that misleading soundbite. Subtleties are not what the vote's about. It's a worldview. They want to win. They're not going to put anything in context. There's no all right, welcome back, folks. His words, uh, liberals were, uh, welcome back to the C. Robert Jones situation report. Obama's words weren't taken out of context. He said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And it was amazing to me back then how media outlets who were just kissing Obama's ass, both cheeks. I mean, from the time he became a candidate all the way up until the day he left, and now even still, tried to tried to patch that up, tried to fix it. Because they knew full well that you just don't do that. You don't say that Americans who risk everything their savings, they borrow money, they come up with a business plan, they sell it to the banks, they go through all of this and risk everything. And many times, they double mortgage their homes to start a business. And all the headaches and heartaches that go along with that, and along with all the rewards, and for that clown to say that all their hard work really wasn't theirs. Somebody else did that. A teacher. Somebody built some roads. Well, 
those road builders weren't government workers. They were people who owned businesses, I suppose, construction companies, you know, asphalt papers, and I don't know. It was just stupid. But some of you might be saying, well, why, 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 why are you talking about this, Doc? Well, because Obama came out of the woodwork like the fading. Anybody see the the movie with my man, Burt Reynolds, called The Last Movie Star? I'm not going to give anything away, but if you watch, have your Kleenex ready. Have your Kleenex ready. Have a nice chilled bottle of Chardonnay or maybe some red. And, and just be prepared. Just be prepared. You're going to cry like a baby. That's all I want to say about that. But Obama reminds me a little bit of that Burt Reynolds movie, his last. Fading, 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 but still trying, still trying to hold on. Trying to hold on to that glory. 750 people, y'all. Hmm. Well, listen, the midterms are coming up. And Democrats, liberals are urging blacks to get out and vote. On the one hand, they're urging minorities, blacks, to get out and vote, turn out in droves. And on the other hand, they ignore blacks because their focus is on Latinos. Because as we discussed in previous broadcasts, Latinos are making babies by the bushel full, like rabbits. Blacks are making babies in the same way. Except, unlike Mexicans, blacks have a nasty habit of knocking each other off once they reach a certain age. Rarely have I heard in the last 10 years or so of Latinos knocking off a lot of Latinos. But like, let's say in my hometown of Chicago, we have um, a part of the city, Humble Park area, where there are a lot of Latinos, Mexicans, mostly Puerto Ricans, a lot of Latinos. I can tell you right now, they don't go around shooting and killing each other. But a few miles south, over in Rosewood and Roseland, south side, blacks are knocking each other off left and right. So where am I going? Well, I'm going right here. Latinos vastly outnumber blacks and will soon if not already, outnumber whites. So, guess who the Democrats are courting now? Yeah, they still need some black folks to turn out because there are a lot of Hispanics out there who are conservative, Catholics, Christians. There are a lot of conservative Latinos. A lot more than there are conservative blacks. So, but the thing is, there are a lot more Latinos. They outnumber black folks. Five five to one? 
10 to 1? I don't know. I'll look it up. But they outnumber blacks. This is why Chuck Schumer and a lot of Democrats are courting Latinos, illegals specifically. Because if they court illegals, then they're also courting their family members who may be here legally. They're, they're courting all Latinos, and if they can get Latinos on their side, then they've got that voting block locked up along with the black folks. You know, when Johnson engineered the passing of the landmark civil rights legislation in 1968, he reportedly said, and it's been documented, so he said it, and I quote, right after the signatures were all done, the pens distributed, he said, and I quote, now we'll have them niggas voting Democrat for the next 200 years, end quote. Well, folks, the same process is going on right now. Johnson's dead, but the dream, the dream is alive. Get the Latinos on our side. The Democrats say, and we'll have them wetbacks voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Now, I don't know anybody who actually said that, but I think that's the general idea. Because blacks are knocking each other off in record numbers. We can't count on their vote for much longer because guess what? The jig is up. They're beginning to figure out that we really don't give a damn like we've been saying we do. And we need a bigger voting block. And the Latinos are effing like rabbits and making a whole lot more Latinos. Wow, what a juicy voting block. Help keep us in power. The Republicans won't know what to do. Will Latinos wake up like blacks are waking up? And what do you, what do you think? Well, let's take a listen to a black person who has awakened. Her eyes have seen the coming of the glory. Except impeach Trump, support the East. We're two years, basically, almost two years into this presidency. And ever since the election, 2016, we've heard nothing, nothing from the Democrats except impeach Trump, support the illegals, and cutting the tax, uh, raising the taxes after we got the tax cuts. I want you to tell me, I don't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, transgender, woman, man, whatever, what exactly would you benefit from voting Democrats into power in the midterm elections? Okay, we just had a young lady named Molly Tibbet that was killed, murdered by an illegal immigrant. Now, what are the Democrats saying about that? Some woman on MSNBC said, uh, she was upset because we, the Fox News was talking about 
some girl in Iowa, uh, Elizabeth Warren, senator from Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, was asked today about the murder of an American citizen, Molly, an American citizen, murdered by an illegal immigrant. And you know what she said? She said, um, we need to be discussing uh, important things like the illegal aliens, kids being separated at the border. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're not even ashamed of it anymore. They're saying we're anti-American. There's nothing we want to do for the American citizens. We only want to help illegals. Now, I don't care who has brainwashed you into hating Trump, whatever. You need to think about this. We have all these jobs, all these jobs created. We have a booming economy. And if you hate Trump so much, still, I, I say, even if you hate Trump, if they've convinced you to hate him, instead of going to the polls in November voting for Democrats, just stay at home. Just stay at home. Because there is nothing you're going to gain. Nothing, nobody, no American citizen is going to gain anything, anything from voting for Democrats. I've had stuff to hear. To dismiss the murder of an American citizen in support that those are not important. So we need to discuss important things, important issues, like taking care of illegal immigrants' kids at the border. If these Democrats get in power, which I doubt they will, but don't even throw your vote away. Don't vote against your own best interest. I don't care what they've told you. We have a booming economy. People are working. I, I, you know, I've gotten messages from people that said they were homeless. They were homeless, and now they have a good job. I have people that said they were living with their parents, and now they were able to get a good job. So that's, that means that it's working. We have jobs. The economy is booming. But these Democrats are saying that's not important. But in fact, they want to raise it. They said they're going to raise the tax. Who said that? Who tells American citizens that are benefiting from tax cuts that if you elect me back in power, I'm going to do all I can to reverse that and raise your tax? They have not one message for America. Not one. And I suggest that anybody that says, okay, uh, in fact, if anybody can give me a good reason, please tell me. Please make a comment that this is why I'm going to vote for the Democrats in the midterm. So they say they want to get rid of Trump. Then what? That's their only goal. And if you hate Trump so much, you say, I want to help them get rid of Trump. Then what? Okay, so they get rid of him, which they're not going to do. That's not going to happen. But even if that were the case, then what? What's next? How is that going to benefit you? How are you going to be benefited from impeaching Trump, who has done absolutely nothing but try to help America, that has created jobs, people that didn't have jobs, people that were homeless, who's taking care of the vets? Uh, uh, North Korea. He's tried to negotiate, tried to negotiate peace deals with North Korea and Russia, and the North Koreans have started returning the remains of American citizens that were over there for years. They've, re- they've started returning those remains. Think about how the family members feel to see their family members finally coming home. Our military is strong. Our police force is strong. Every day, jobs are coming. You name it. 
manufacturing jobs are coming back. The coal miners are getting their jobs back. People are rejoicing because they were out of work. Their industry was out of work. Their industry was destroyed because of uh, all these regulations and things. President Trump has done that. He's He's turned over those regulations. And so the coal business is coming. Everybody's working. So you tell me, why would you vote for people that say, as soon as I get in power again, I'm going to raise your taxes and open the borders wide open? Just tell, leave a comment. Leave a comment and tell me why, how you or your family would benefit from Democrats getting back in power and getting rid of Trump. Because that's their only message. Have a blessed day. Wow. And that was powerful. And I couldn't have said it better myself, which is why she said it. And I listened and I played the YouTube video. You know, folks, she's so right. The Democrats have a message for us. President Trump put the tax cuts out there. Democrats said, when we get back in power, we're going to raise your taxes. They actually said that. Those were actual words coming out of their mouths. Not every single Democrat, because they're they're not all stupid. We want to open your borders. We want to open borders. They said that. We want to roll back the things that Trump is doing. We want to get rid of Trump. We want to impeach Trump. This is what they're saying. We want to abolish ICE. So the economy's booming. Trump is doing the damn thing. He's handling his business. Whether you love him or hate him, he's taking care of business. America is at an all-time high. He is booming. He is, I mean, he is winning. All he does is win. And Democrats can't stand it. So their message is, if we take the House and the Senate, we're going to roll back everything that he's doing. So basically the Democrats are saying that all this greatness that has come into play under this administration, they don't like it. They don't want it to happen. They don't want America to experience all of this prosperity and success. They want to raise your taxes. They've said so. This is the Democrat message to raise our taxes, to impeach the president simply because they don't like him. They don't have a cohesive message. Not one has said that, except Joe Manchin, who's seen the writing on the wall, he's about to get his ass handed to him if he doesn't you know, kick in, which he is. So he might win. He might win, but everybody else, they're talking about raising taxes. Who would vote for a Democrat, even 
even if I don't, I, t- I can't stand Obama. I'm going to tell you that right now. And it has a lot to do with his policies and his presidency, but I couldn't stand the man because I met him when he was a state senator back in my hometown of Chicago on the south side. He struck me as a dandy. I want to use the P word, so I'm, but I'm going to go with dandy right now. He struck me as a dandy. His handshake was weak. He didn't look me in the eye, and right then and there, I judged him accordingly. Lo and behold, a few years later, he becomes president. And you think my assessment of him is going to change? No. No. He's still a dandy, insert P word. He was then. He was that way when he was president, and he's that way now. He's just a big-eared pussy. Oops, sorry, dandy. Skinny, big-eared pussy. Uh, dandy, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, so think about it. They trotted him out again. For all intents, he's a loser. A loser. He lost the House, and he lost the Senate. He lost a, a ton of governorships and state legislatures, houses in the state. He lost dog catchers. I mean, the only thing that Obama didn't lose was that ugly wife and the presidency. He won two terms. But he lost everything else. And the Democrats were just dumb enough the other day to trot him out again. Bring him out of retirement. Skinnier than ever. Ears somehow got bigger. If that's even possible. Gray-haired old man. For one last hurrah. Supporting candidates? Why would they even let that happen? He supported Hillary. Hillary got her ass kicked. He supported candidate after candidate after candidate for the House and Senate when he was president. Ass kicking. Boom. Gotcha. Why would they trot him out again? And then to have the balls to take credit for the Trump economy? He's a laughingstock. No wonder he only he was only able to get 750 people. And one, one wonders, how many of those people did he have to pay? How many of those people did they have to say, oh, shit, we've only got 60 people in here. Hurry up. Somebody go out and grab some people. Here, here's, here, here's $500. Give, give each one $10. It's laughable. The Democrats are in total disarray. They're hysterical. The Kavanaugh hearings were, a, were, were, were disgraceful. Can you imagine being a Canadian or a Frenchman or, 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 or anybody else around the world watching CNN, MSNBC, or even my station Fox News? Imagine what these people in other countries must have been thinking watching these Democrats virtually 
lose their minds during the hearings. And the sad fact is they, could, they can't stop it. They don't have the numbers. They don't have the votes to prevent him from getting on the, on the chair. All it was was fundraising. Crazy Cory Booker, who if I ever saw him, we'd have to have a little bit of a chat, me and him, a little talk, Chicago style. Bostering, fundraising. That's all they did. All that tough talk. Camilla Harris, doctoring verbiage uh, that was supposedly authored by Brett Kavanaugh. She doctored it and then put it out there. Shameless. Shameless. The Democrats are embracing socialism. And they're winning the primaries. But how is this going to play out? Also, Maxine Waters. She went nuts again. She lost it once again. We got about 10 minutes. She said that she wants to get Trump. Wow. She's going to get Trump. How crazy is this? She's Maxine Waters. She's a damn congressman. But she says that she she wakes up at night. In the middle of the night. I guess she's got to go pee, like I do. In the middle of the night. So I guess when she gets up to go pee, she's thinking about how she's going to get Trump. That's what she said. She didn't say it about peeing. She says when she wakes up in the middle of the night, all she can think about was how she's going to get Trump. When I wake up, I think about not falling over or stumbling or something like that. But, you know, on my way to the bathroom because I got to pee. And then I'm thinking, you know, don't forget to wash your hands. But she's thinking about how she's going to get Trump. Congresswoman Maxine Waters at it again, renewing her call to impeach President Trump. Only now she says it's keeping her up at night. I wake up in the middle of the night and all I can think about is I'm going to get him. I'm I'm in this fight and I'm not going to move and as you know there's a difference in how some of our leadership talk about how we should handle all of this they say Maxine please don't say impeachment anymore and when they say that I say impeachment impeachment you may remember Waters back in June urging supporters to harass Trump officials out in public She's now defending those remarks in a way only Maxine Waters can. I did not (laughs) threaten his constituents, his supporters. Uh, I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. (laughs) And, uh, but what bothered me so much was they tried to frame that as violence. Uh, That's not violence. As a matter of fact, I said the poster child for violence is the president of the United States. Okay. Juan, you were laughing about that. What was so funny? Well, when I hear Maxine Waters talk like this, I think, oh, gee, I wonder who started the bullying, the incivility, the harshness. And she's right. 
I mean, he's the one that said, I remember the good old days when they would knock a protester out or I'll pay your legal bills after you slug a guy. I mean, the DNC paid protesters. Oh, to please. Fight Trump Here out. we go. I'm just saying, oh, you never want to talk about Trump, do you? Everything, it's the mean. It's you the elite Hollywood. <laughs> you, just, you just don't like to talk about Trump and his excesses. Okay. So, so, what yeah. has Maxine Waters done that she's so great that she can run around and say, you know what? Uh, I can threaten his followers. He's got to be impeached. Now she says Vice President Pence needs to be impeached. Who is this woman? Is she a comedian? Apparently she's smart. <laughs> unlike unlike some who call her low, low intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> unlike unlike uh, some people who want to call her that, I think obviously she ha- is having an impact. Because even Nancy Pelosi and others, I know that you don't like Nancy, but Nancy Pelosi said, don't do it. As, as she said, but pretty funny. But there's a don't why. say impeach. Don't, you know, and she... She is having success doing her own thing. Well, that's the game, though, because the game I think Pelosi is running is you don't want to say impeachment until we win back the House. Then, then we're supposed there. to impeach. Right. So when Maxine Waters says she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like, I'm going to get him. I think, if I ever wake up in the middle of the night, it's like, Jasper, would you please move over? I, I do not wake up in the middle of the night thinking I'm going to go after any politician ever. It's never happened in my life. Um, what Pelosi is saying is don't say it out loud. Because what happened to uh, Bill Clinton when he was president, when the Republicans caved to the base, really, and said, okay, we are going to start impeachment hearings before the midterms. Well, guess what? Democrats united right behind all of them, got behind Bill Clinton. His popularity went up. He was able to succeed, and he walked out of the White House in much better shape than if they had just held their fire. Yeah, Maxine's firing up the Republicans. Well, it's funny. I also scream impeachment in, in the middle of the night because it's my safe word. <laughs> um, you got you have to, you have to understand that, like, okay, ten years ago, her opinions would be seen as extreme or radical, but now she's the mainstream of the Democratic Party. And the reason is, is that Trump has been good for her and her constituents. First, her constituents are enjoying record low unemployment and a booming economy, and they're not dying in foreign wars. That's pretty good. I mean, he's, I mean, the second, but also it's her profile has never been higher. Now Now when she speaks, people listen. He's good for business, her business as well. She fires up both bases. She fires up her base and their bases. That's why I think they should go head to head. Don't unseat him. Try to beat him. Run for run for president. Yeah, but Maxine should run. But the point that you make is so good, and that is, who ever heard of this woman until she started yelling, impeach, impeach, impeach 45? Honestly, had you heard of her? Oh, yeah. I've known Maxine forever because she's very entertaining. How do you know her? Oh, how do I know her? She's, well, a, she's, leading a, congresswoman. she's, she's a, a leading voice of what, impeach? No, what no, is no, her no. message she... other than go after people, get in their face, make a crowd? Who talks like that? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> This is the mirror image of Lock Her Up, right? Lock Her Up she committed crimes. I mean, there's no question about that. Had they had a real grand jury, then that would have been something that would have happened. Yeah, one, they did. one is winning a high crime and misdemeanor. Last time I checked, winning's not grounds for impeachment. No, not unless you cheat and bully and lie. But that's still, you know, you can still, by the way, you can still lie. <laughs> All right. Listen, okay. Maxine is at it again, and it's okay because she has denied now that she wants to cause violence to people. But if you read the quote, create a crowd, push back, tell them they're not welcome. Uh, that's right. But to here's me, the, that's going to cause The great violence. thing about her is she is guaranteed at least one sec. She's guaranteed us one segment a week. <laughs> she will do something, and we get one it segment. Used to be Hillary. 
Yeah, it used to be Hillary. Yeah, 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 Hillary. yeah you're right. <laughs> you All right. Keep talking, Maxine. We love you. <laughs> yes, indeed. Keep talking, Maxine. As long as Maxine Waters keeps running her mouth, it's good for us. That woman is crazy. And that wig, somebody needs to just run up behind her and grab that wig and yank it off. Oh, and before we go, did anyone of you see that disgraceful performance by that dude, Serena Williams, during the, uh, during the tennis match? That was a disgrace. And she behaved so poorly. And then she threw the woman card down. Just because I'm a woman. No, just because you were an ass. Now, she's played in that tournament and won like 20-something times. So it's not like there's racism involved or bias against a female. No, that referee or whatever the hell he's called did the right thing. I watched it over and over again. I would have done the very same thing. And folks are saying that, well, you know, uh, if a man throws his racket down, he doesn't get fined. Or if a man says a foul word, he doesn't get fined. Well, here's what some of you need to understand. She was fined all that bread, and the point was taken away after a cumul- a, a cumulate, an accumulation of shit she was throwing out there. She was being a total jackass and a brat, and she got what she deserved. She said, I have a daughter. I don't cheat. I have a daughter. I'm a woman. First of all, I'm not sure you're a woman because you kind of look like a dude. You're butt-ass ugly. Number two, your behavior was equally ugly. And you have a daughter, and you're worried about what your daughter thinks of you as a cheater or, or being labeled a cheater? She's an infant. She's an, she's an infant. She's not caring about whether or not you're labeled a cheater. But she will probably see you years from now on YouTube or some such place acting like the brat. So when you say, I have a daughter and she shouldn't, she won't, I don't want her to think of me as a cheater. Well, she's probably going to think of you as an ass because that's what you behaved like, dude. All right. It's time to go. I want to thank you all for listening. <laughs> Oh, it's been a great show, and we'll be back tomorrow. We have less than 90 seconds to go. Oh, my God. It's almost over. Well, let's leave with Donald Trump's All I Do Is Win. Good night, folks. You're listening to The Doctor. You've been listening to The Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. America great again. Obama. You're fired. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody stands up and they stare. And they stare up, down, up, down, up, down. All I do is win, win, win. And if you're going in, put your hands in the air, make them stare. Unbelievable.
ねえな。